Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'd like to begin this podcast by recognizing the traditional owners of the land in which it is recorded. I pay respect to their elders past, present, and those emerging. I've just noticed that I, because of the craft you can see behind me, I have got, like, I've super glued my hands. And so if my <laughs> notebook sticks to me at any point, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> I won't look at you with a suspicious glare. Right. And you've also uh, really hurt yourself on my step as well. So. Oh, yeah, I'll be talking to my lawyers. So, Jacob Stanley, I uh, always start this podcast mm-hmm. by asking a question, and I, I like to think it's a simple question, but it's absolutely not a simple question <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah. The question is, what do you think has had the greatest impact on you, nature or nurture? <laughs> <laughs> what? You, you think that's complicated? Really? <laughs> yeah, no, it's easy. Oh. Easy to easy. Uh, I have been thinking about this for the last couple of weeks yeah, since you sure. sort of gave me the rundown on this fantastic new show you're doing, well, which I so cannot much. wait to listen to. We're recording this before you've released any that's episodes. A, that's right. So. And there are pictures of me behind you looking at you the entire time, which <laughs> I have not done before. <laughs> I'm glad I'm sitting with them to my back instead of the other way around. Because that's if right. that was so your backdrop. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been thinking and thinking and thinking about this. And yeah. I think... Uh, because I'm coming close to my 40th birthday, right? Okay. I hate to confess yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Um, I think over the course of four decades, nurture plays more of a role when you're at this stage in life. Right. Okay. I think there's definitely a lot about me, my personality that I came out of the womb with. Yep. And I can cite my mother as a source for that yep. um, because she thinks nurture is probably the bigger, sorry, she thinks nature is right. the bigger of the two. Yeah, sure. But I would say probably the person I am now because I've changed so much, particularly in the last two decades. Um, now I think who I am has been affected more by nurture than by nature. Wow. What have been the biggest two changes you would say in the last in the last decade for you? What 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 do you think has been the biggest growth point? Uh, learning humility that I lacked in the first two decades right, of my okay. life. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I think I had really really great expectations of what I was entitled to and yep. what I was going to achieve with very little effort along sure. the way. Yeah, um, and who I was going to be. Um, yeah, and then it wasn't until in my sort of late twenties, early thirties that I started to realize, okay, this is actually going to take a lot of hard work yep. and you should probably reevaluate your priorities as well. That's mm-hmm. probably a very vague thing for me to say, but um, that is something that sort of came along with the learning, the humility. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the biggest one, learning humility and um, also becoming grittier. 
because uh, I think I was sort of a natural born quitter for the first really? chunk of my life. Right. Um, which again comes down to the expectation that I was entitled to whatever I wanted. Sure. I was a really spoiled brat and that is nature not nurture i was not raised to be like that but that's who i turned out to be um and yeah i learned to become someone that would continue to be more perseverant than i had previously um and be willing to work hard towards a goal whatever that might be so where, where did you grow up Central coast of New South Wales. Mm-hmm. What was your? Have you been your, there? Yes, I have. Yeah, you absolutely. Have. Yeah, yeah. So, what was your? What was your childhood like? Uh, it was a really rough area back then. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, it's very much gentrified. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but before the yuppies sort of moved in, it was pretty rough. Yeah. Okay. And it still certainly has those pockets. Um, so I grew up in you know going to school. I was always very different, and everyone knew I was gay. Long right. before I did. Okay. Um, that did make life very difficult and I was so determined to not be gay. Like I really, really, right. really didn't want to prove anyone right. Were your friends like similar to you or was it completely different when you were when you were growing up? Uh, I was lucky from grade five onwards that I was in selective school. So I was sort of surrounded by more academic yep, minded sure. people yep. um, who were maybe a little bit more ambitious. Yeah. I also gravitated mostly towards the people who were interested in the performing arts and also most of my friends were girls. Right. Um, okay. Yep. Definitely not all. And I still have some fantastic male friends from back then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really did gravitate towards girls more so because we tended to have the more similar interests. Yeah, what yeah. were you like as a kid? Like, what were you what were you doing with your friends? What were what were your pastimes? Um, gosh, <laughs> definitely not sports. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, we were mall rats for a while in early high school. Very like, cool. Every weekend, we were at Air and Affair Shopping yeah. Centre. Trying stuff on, buying incense. Oh like, yeah, we got into like staying the, the air conditioning as well, the and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, we certainly weren't outdoorsy back sure. then around that time. Yeah. We had lots and lots of sleepovers. That right. was our main pastime, and we got really into horror movies because right. Scream was the big movie, and oh, that amazing. sort of set us up to want to consume every horror movie that had ever been made. Did you love the latest Scream? Did you watch the... Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. What did you think? I thought it was fun. Yeah. I always I always thought it was a, just a fun film. Like, yeah. I, I remember watching it just thinking it, it's just, it knows exactly the sort of film it is. Yeah. Like, it knows it's not Great, it's it pays itself out very well, yeah. and the, I, knew, I think the new film lost a little bit of that. But we're still, it was still a bit of fun. This is not a movie review podcast, by the way. <laughs> I always make people review Scream. I'm so glad you brought it up because otherwise I would have had to. You've been dying to dying. get to that point. It's always the climax of every episode. Can I just say quickly, if you haven't seen Halloween Ends yet, oh no, I haven't too. Okay, that right. is my favorite movie <laughs> of the year so far. Is hilarious. That's amazing. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes. So you're watching watching scary movies. Yep. What were you? What were you like? Were you? Were you in drama? Were Absolutely. You, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, did you? Did you think when you were when you were growing up? Did you think you were going to be an actor? What What yep. was the plan? I was certain yep. that it was just going to be incredibly easy for me. Yeah. I was going to get top marks in the HSC uh, drama performance. Mm-hmm. I would be cast in any role I wanted. I would go and audition for NIDA and instantly be accepted yep. and wouldn't even need to graduate because I'd be discovered while I was still studying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's when I say I learned humility. Yeah. It was learning to overcome those um, 
outlandish expectations yeah. <laughs> for myself. But yeah, I was performing from a very young age and just assuming that everyone wanted <laughs> the show performance. Yeah. On. Um, what sort of shows were you doing? Were you doing shows at the school or were you writing your own? Yeah. Oh, in the backyard. I just Great. put on performances yeah. for people. And yeah, sometimes they would be scripted. Sometimes they would be ad-libbed. Sometimes they would be sung terribly. Um, yeah, just... From when I was very, very, very little, I was extremely expressive um, and flamboyant and performative. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people say when you meet someone's parents for the first time, Mm. your friend or your person suddenly makes sense. Uh What What are your parents like? So not like me. Really? And that's why mum yeah. says nature more so than nurture. Wow. Um, she's incredibly shy. We actually had her on Just the Gist, yeah. the podcast I did with Rosie, where we've been having guests recently. Um, and she came on and she felt terrible because she barely contributed anything because her mouth was so dry, her throat closed up. She's just so shy, even though it was only the two of us yeah. in the studio. It's not live or anything. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, so she is... She's never done any form of public speaking in her life. Wow. And she can't imagine anything that would terrify her more. Um, and, yeah, my dad was a soccer-playing surfer dude who, yep. um, you know, the only performance he ever did was playing the tuba in the Salvation Army Band growing right. up. Huge um, still, huge. Mm, 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 yeah. Look back fondly on those years really proudly. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, yeah. And so I sort of came out of nowhere. Very, very different. Yeah. Um, and... You know, the problem that I've always had in my life is that I show everything on my face. I would be so bad at paying, playing poker. Yeah, and right. From yeah. the minute I opened my eyes as a baby, um, you could just read on my face exactly what I was thinking and exactly yeah. what I was feeling. Um, whereas mum and dad both a bit more sort of um, reserved. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. How far did you get with acting? What was your what was your point where you kind of stopped doing that, for, you know, thinking that that was going to be a professional thing? I was halfway through a degree at the Australian Academy of Dramatic Art, which is where I met Miss Rosie Waterland, yep. my mm-hmm. co-host on Just the Gist and one of my best friends of my life. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, halfway through was when I realised I don't actually want this as a life for me. And part of the reason for that was... Um, that I'd taken on a full-time job in retail as a visual merchandise manager mm-hmm. and kind of got to see what the real world was like once you were part of the workforce and once you were operating as part of the team. And yeah, when, yeah. You know, it wasn't about you being the star. It was about collaborating to get the job done. Yeah. And somehow that all felt a lot more attractive to me than um, the performing arts world. Right. Um, you know, with so much uncertainty there obviously that we were warned again and again and again about um and the work that you do the output i mean it's also subjective whether it's good or whether it's bad um and yeah so i wanted to sort of step away from it for a while and see if it was something that i wanted to go back to and the answer ended up being no yeah yeah was it was it interesting seeing other friends go into that did you did you have any reservations after and going i wish i had done that no no, haven't had any regrets yeah. at all. Um, I actually did not expect that I would get back into any sort of performance type stuff. Yeah. Um, and sort of fell into doing the podcast with Rosie, which then ended up with us 
dancing and lip syncing on stage, <laughs> wearing outlandish frocks and yeah. telling silly stories and, of course, singing for the finale, not to give too much <laughs> away. Um, yeah, I was really surprised that we sort of landed back there. I guess you could call it fate, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, you know, the beast was awake and I will say, once we'd I started, then it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what I used to love about yeah. this. It is actually really fun and fulfilling. How did, how did that come about? So at what, at what point did you hear mm. about this podcast for the first time? Oh, Rosie had been talking about it for ages, yep. about two years. She'd been workshopping the idea because she'd already had a really successful podcast with a very set format of her reading her memoir to her mother, yeah. who then yeah. <laughs> disputed point after point. Yep. Um, Quite a hard podcast to, mm, to do. Yep. Yes, um, but, you know, did phenomenally well. And mm. so, of course, there was an appetite for her to do future podcasts. So she'd been working out what the format should look like and doing a few tests and whatnot. And she'd asked me to be involved in one of the tests, which her agent shot down and said, that was terrible. You both sounded drunk. And we were like, well, that's fair because we were. Um, <laughs> and confirm. Yes. Um, yeah. And then the time came around that she was ready to start mm. and I didn't really know where she'd landed in terms of the final format or whatever. Um, but of course I remember being in the office one night and she gave me a call and said, would you be happy jumping in and giving this a crack? And I was like, sure, I can laugh at your jokes and I can <laughs> fake laugh at your jokes. Been doing it for decades. Yeah. Now. yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it sort of just took off yep. and I didn't expect that I was going to be invited to stick around. But, yeah. Um, uh, I was. And lucky me. What were you doing at that time in your life? I was working for a cosmetics retailer mm -hmm. who I'd been with for 12 years. Right, okay. I had already given my notice at that time. Yeah. As much as I loved working for them, it had become my life. Mm -hmm. And particularly in the final five, six years, it was my spouse. <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah. my child. It was everything. Um, and so I needed to sort of step away for a while to um, find something else. And also because it was pretty much every job in my life I've just landed in by accident. Yep. Um, and then, you know, I decide I like it and keep running with it. Um, yeah, I was running the education department for them, which was sensational because I got to travel all over the world. And yep. there was so much about the job that I adored, but it was my life. Yep. So I was planning to step away. I gave my six months notice so that I could um, – Head off and travel around the world for all of 2020 was yep. the plan. And then I'd settle down overseas for a couple of years, um, see if I wanted to get back into cosmetics because, um, you know, like I said, just landed in that by accident. Yeah. And loved it, but wasn't what I really wanted to pursue forever. Um, and, yeah, obviously, you might have heard a pandemic was declared in Feb, March of 2020, which just is exactly I when I was it. planning to. Oh, just today. Oh, you've got so much Someone to catch up me. on. Yeah, I know. Don't drink the bleach. <laughs> People tell you it's a good idea, but it doesn't work out well. Um, yeah, so I was then sort of stuck in Australia and had to pivot and come up with different plans. It's all worked out incredibly yeah. well. So, yes, I was very, very disappointed and depressed for a little while to begin with. I took it very personally yeah. that a pandemic <laughs> happened just as I was supposed to be heading off on this dream trip that I'd been waiting for for so long. Um, How long were you, had you just finished work? The six months ended that you would put in your notice? Yes. Yeah. 9th of February 2020 is when I finished work yep. and left Melbourne where I was living for six years um, and was just going to bounce around Australia for a month and then piss off to yep. South America and yeah, you can all imagine what happened. Yeah. 
So what did you do then? What was what was the what was, what was the first thing going through your head at that point? Were mm. you were you thinking about doing something else? Were you still figuring that out? Yeah, it was a bit sort of panicky. Mm. Um, like, have I made a huge mistake? The world's going to fall into chaos and recession, and I've made mm. myself unemployed. And uh, um, then, as you know, the weeks and months progressed, it was clear that the world was going to get back to normal, and I sort of went, "All right, well." I've got this opportunity now. I've got rid of all my furniture and stuff. Wow. I'm completely free. I can go anywhere within Australia, yep. do anything. Um, and so then I just sort of decided to spend the next couple of years dodging lockdowns um, and going from state to state exploring Australia, which was the best thing I could have possibly done yeah. with my time. It was the most wonderful opportunity to explore the country then because there were no international tourists, hardly any interstate tourists. Yeah. I had the Great Barrier Reef all to myself. Um, it was just the best possible time to be gallivanting around the country. And I'm also really glad that I did make Australia my number one priority. I mean, it was my only option, um, but it probably would have been like priority 10. We all think about traveling Australia when we're, you know, yeah, 60s, get in a caravan. 70s, yeah. Go, I decided to do my grey nomad years in my late 30s and <laughs> I have no regrets about that. Yeah. Where, where was the first place that you went? I zipped straight up to far north Queensland. Okay. Yep. I'm someone who really loves the tropics and I had friends who were living up in Cape York at the time. So I was like, makes sense. Start at the top, work your way down. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And then five months up there in 2020 and then... By luck again in 2021, and I do feel like it is my spiritual homeland now. But um, haven't been there for a while. I prioritised the West Coast this yeah. year. Yeah, what were you what were you doing in that time? Because you know, were you in the holiday mindset? Was this just a holiday now? It was sort of a working holiday because I was still doing just the gist, and yep. I had just started, you know, taking on the responsibility of researching and preparing a story and serving it to Rosie and yeah. learning how to do that because it's not my wheelhouse necessarily, um, and so yeah, that I was definitely working, which was a good thing because it was keeping my brain occupied. Yeah. Um, but then also learning to scuba dive and going on hikes and, yeah. you know, learning about all the native flora and fauna up there and the local cultures, um, the indigenous cultures. And, um, yeah, it was wonderful. I'm really, really lucky. I have no regrets. Yeah. What 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 did the industry that you're in look like in that time in, in all the lockdowns and everything? Was it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is part of why I say I'm so lucky. I was not built to um, go through what they went through at yeah. that time. Um, I had meticulously – oh, sorry, that sounds like I'm such a wanker. But I had put a lot of time, effort, energy, love into building an apartment from scratch. Yeah. And it was demolished overnight because, wow. um, you know, the business had to set different priorities yeah. and, you know – one of the biggest things that our department of 40 people did was face-to-face -face training on a one-on-one -on -one basis in yep. classrooms to groups of 2,000 people. That was all just gone because yep. of the lockdowns and because of sort of cost-cutting and panicking, which all makes, you know, makes perfect sense. Sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, it would have just broken my heart to be the one to have to dismantle it. So yeah. I was sad to watch it happen from the sidelines, but at least I didn't have to be the one's the one getting my hands dirty, yeah, making people redundant and breaking their hearts, and yeah, that 
I was really glad that I missed out on that. Yeah. The beauty industry itself really started to thrive because people had all this um, money that they could spend that they weren't spending on nights out and yeah, holidays and yeah, exactly. And so they wanted to indulge particularly in skincare because they were spending so much time looking at themselves on zoom and picking apart their appearance. Yeah. And then they decided it's time for me to start investing in that. So across the industry, skincare in particular did do really, really well. Mm. Um, of course, took a little bit of a dip to begin with, but then yeah, they've, they've continued to flourish. Yeah. Good for them. So 12 years after, you know, 12 years after kind of starting in that industry or even, even more, you mm-hmm. know, a good, a good decade in, in the industry. Mm-hmm. What did you start to think about after that? Were you, were you thinking about a new, before Rosie's offer had, had come in about yep. doing the podcast? Did you started thinking about other things? Were there, were there other plans for you? My default was that I would end up going back to cosmetics because I have fantastic connections from yep. all around the world and I had loved it so much for so long, but I made the resolution that I wasn't going to go back for at least a year. Mm. I wasn't going to even entertain the idea of going back sooner yep. than that because um, I just needed to step away and purge a little bit and see whether I was – sort of experiencing a certain type of Stockholm syndrome, I guess, where it had been so consuming for such a long time. And I thought I loved it, but did I love it? And did I miss it if it wasn't part of my life? I am starting to feel like I miss it now, Mm. almost three years later. Um, But I don't feel a massive pull back to it. And I've really been enjoying exploring what possibilities there are with the world of podcasting, yeah. live performances and whatnot. It's yeah, been such a great learning experience, particularly over the last few months where yeah. you know, Rosie's needed to take a break. And so, um, of course, we are doing everything we can to give her that time to look after herself, um, which has meant that then I've had to you know, do the show with all these different guests yeah, who yeah. I've never met before in my life. And, um, yeah, navigating that has been such a steep learning curve for me. And who I was 20 years ago would not have enjoyed that and would not have stuck around. Yep. But who I've evolved into really enjoys the challenges. And, um, uh, yeah, it, even when it is really hard and even when it doesn't go well, you can learn something from it. And yeah. I appreciate that value so much. What What about, like, you know, live performing? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you were doing a lot of drama when you were growing up, but yeah. then, you know, all of a sudden you're doing live shows for the podcast. Was mm-hmm. that something you were hesitant to do at first or did you kind of... Very. Yeah, oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, yeah. When Rosie first started talking about it in 2021, I was like, who would go and watch a podcast yeah, on yeah, stage? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, to fair. me, it was just such a foreign concept yeah. that anyone would want to do that. Um and she talked me into doing it as a bit of an experiment, like I say, beginning of 2021. We did a few shows and they were really well received. Mm. Um, and then COVID came around again. So the rest of the tour was shut down. Uh, and then we spent the next sort of 12 months fantasizing about if we were going to do it, how do we turn it into more of a visual show? So it wasn't yep. just the two of us sitting on a couch drinking and making each other giggle. Yeah. Um, and so that's why we yeah started incorporating 
a little dance number at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and a finale to wrap everything up. So yeah. and costumes and a little bit of set dressing. Um, yeah. So turning that into a bit more of a show was exciting, but I was also just completely terrified. Yeah. Especially with like learning the choreography and not screwing it up and yeah. not looking like a total tool <laughs> and remembering the words to the song we'd written. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, I was very, very apprehensive. What's been it. the reaction from people that you know when you started mm. doing all of this? Like it was it something that they all kind of expected that you would do or was it a surprise 21 that you, you'd no. know? No. No, not at all. Um, particularly a lot of the people that I worked with. Yeah. Um, you know, even though I thought that I'd sort of clamped down my performer, I'm the star tendencies, yeah. apparently shone through the cracks <laughs> somewhere along the way. So, yeah. Yeah, no one no one was surprised. Yeah. Anything. Are you enjoying it? No one's told me that was surprised. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Um, the only times I don't enjoy it are sometimes <laughs> I will be researching a story and it starts off in the process. I think that it is fantastically interesting, yep. endlessly fascinating. And then we get to like the day before recording and I'm like, this is so boring. And a lot of the time it is just me getting bored yep. of the story. Because you've overread things, you've yeah, looked at things a hundred exactly. times. Yeah. yeah, I'm completely saturated. I'm yep. sick to death of it. In the space of a week, I've yep. got to know everything there is, and now I'm done. Um, that's when it does start to feel like a bit of a chore, and you're thinking, "Oh God, can I do a different story? This is going to be a flop." Yeah, yeah. And I got to tell you, before every single episode <laughs> we record, I think this is the one. This is when they're going to um, let me go because this is going to be a complete flop, but I'll do my best to make it work. But, yeah, I feel so much insecurity just before we start. Yeah. Um, and then usually once we start getting into it, then it's like, oh, that's right, this is fun. And the stakes could not be lower. Yeah. <laughs> Has that been a theme in your life? Have you always felt like that? Or is that just a new thing with, with the podcasting? Uh, I, th- ooh, I think I, yeah, I've definitely always had a lot of insecurity about yeah. how things are going to go. You know, we're all our own worst critic. Um, and I am very, very, very critical of myself, yeah. which can have its advantages from time to time. Um, I think I've become more critical of myself over the years, not less. Um, yeah. And I'm a bit of a catastrophizer as well. Right. Okay. That is something I would love to change about myself that I usually, even though I'm an optimist most of the time, when I think that there could potentially be a bad outcome or I've decided there's going to be a bad outcome. It is the worst possible outcome, you know? The Um, pandemic wouldn't have been good for you with the... um, Not in the early days. No, not at all. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Not until I got over that Queensland border and I was like, everything's going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would describe yourself as an optimist? I think I used to be more of an optimist. Okay. That I think has changed with time. I've probably become a bit more pessimistic, but still, yes, I would say I am an optimist. Yeah. Mm. I think everyone has that though when you're 
younger, I think, for the most part at least. People are very optimistic mm. and everything. And then you get into an industry that you think you'll work in for a long time mm. and then slowly you start. Reality sets in. Reality sets in. But hopefully you don't become too jaded by it. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, it's good that you still love doing what you're doing and yeah. still have a passion for cosmetics and everything as well. That yeah. That's not completely burnt out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 It um, was for a while. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. Say, yeah, yeah. I became such a cynic yeah. for a while. And that's okay. Yeah. 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 I had standard questions that I asked on this podcast and so the first question is what trait in people do you admire the most Mm. this is a great question um generosity for sure generosity yeah um that i think is one of the most endearing qualities someone can have about them um and i mean i'm not obviously just talking about generosity of money and gifts and whatnot it's Energy, interest, time, first and foremost. Um, You know, people who really do prioritise their their comfort, well-being um, of other people is, Mm. yeah, I think that is the most attractive quality Um, and the people that I admire the most in the world are super generous. Do you have someone that springs to mind when you think of generosity? Do you think there's someone that kind of instilled that or, or taught you how to be generous? I would say my nan and my mum, mm-hmm. the two people that I think have had the biggest influence in me, which I know is a question yeah, you're yeah, about yeah. to ask me. Um, I think they did play the biggest role in influencing me throughout my life. In what um, way did your nan influence you? Uh, prioritising kindness, mm-hmm. um, developing patience, she was incredibly supportive of me and whatever I wanted to achieve, um, but brought a dose of realism. Yeah, she always had time for me. I was really lucky. We spent years living just down the road from her, so every day after high school, I would go up and hang out with her for at least an hour with my dog. We'd just sit there and gossip. And was um, it just her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the two of us had a really great friendship. Um, I grew up loving the Golden Girls, so that sort of felt right. like me living my Golden Girls fantasy, hanging out. She with was my one nana. of the Golden Girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's when I'd you sh- I'd get a lot of her, um, you know, pearls of wisdom and yep. funny stories, and yeah, um, understanding her life experience in a very intimate sort of way. Yeah, it was an incredible privilege for me because not a lot of people get that with their grandparents. So it was yeah. almost like living with her, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she just played a, a massive role. Um, and then such a tragic cliche for a gay boy, but my mom really has been my yeah. best friend yeah. for such a long time because she's just wonderful. Even though she's quiet, have you been mm. able to have a very – is it a different relationship with her? Do you feel like you change around anyone or are you pretty pretty much the same around people? Oh, I think I'm pretty much the same mm. around everyone. Yeah. Um, I'd say probably when I was in the um, – the more sort of corporate world, I would definitely have a bit more, oh, it's quite performative actually, Uh, you know, more of a, you know, this is me performing the culture of the business that I'm representing. Um, uh, So, yeah, probably those sorts of people might not recognise me here and now um, in this conversation. Um, But, yeah, no, I think I'm the same with everyone, friends, family, yeah. And what a relationship with your mum that was just really easy and really, you know, you just... <laughs> not when I was off. a bratty yeah. teenager. <laughs> uh, certainly not for her. Uh, but, yeah, from then when I was like 18 and 
started to wake up to myself. Yeah. Where did the brattiness come from? I don't know. Mm. I wish it hadn't emerged, but let's blame American TV. Sure. Yeah, 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 I feel like that might have been what instilled it in me that I, you know, you see the the rich snobby kids on TV, and I'm like, that's who I should be. <laughs> they seem good. I should have a pony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, I my dad bought me a jet ski, and I was so livid and threw the biggest tantrum when I went away in Year Ten camp and came back, and he'd sold my jet ski, my jet ski, without my permission, like. I was a really nasty piece of work a lot of the time and I don't like that about me. But I like that I'm a person now who can look back on that. Absolutely, you recognise that. You know that that was probably not the best Mm. (laughs) best version of yourself. Mm. Uh, What's your favourite thing about yourself? This was a really tricky one. Um, And I did come up with an answer and now I've forgotten it. I had to spend so long thinking about it. Uh, I like that I'm fairly patient. I think that's a good quality. Um, I like that I've learned to become a hard worker and I've become grittier with time. But the thing I like the most, I think, is that I am inherently loyal. Um, And the reason that I love that so much is because it's meant that I've had so many of my friends I've had since I was nine or ten years old. That's amazing. And we're still incredibly close. Um, And, yeah, I think that stems from the loyalty that just sort of comes naturally to me. So that is something I would, that's the last thing I'd give away about myself. Yeah. 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 Uh, What's something about yourself that you'd change or you wish you could do better? (laughs) (laughs) How long do we have? (laughs) Uh, I wish that I was better at making decisions. Mm -hmm. I wish that I was less of a procrastinator. Um, I wish that I was better at managing my finances and life admin and all that sort of stuff. That's a really boring answer. But yeah, I think the decision-making thing is something that I've found more and more difficult as I've got older. Right. That you've got all these different options and alternatives in front of you. And I used to, I think, find it easier to just make a decision and stick with it and not second-guess myself. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why as I've got older I'm – know more hesitant to make relatively simple decisions have you experienced that absolutely yeah but do you think it, do you think it's kind of like you know you were saying before that you've always gone with the flow do you think mm. it's kind of a bit of that creeping in where you go well i haven't had to make lots and lots of decisions in the past so i yeah. kind of feel like you know you can kind of just go with it a little bit with work running a department i was super decisive right i would always know what the right choice was and if yeah. i didn't i'd consult with someone and then by the end of a conversation a decision would be made yeah um a, and maybe it's because in the last few years having stepped away from that environment then yeah I've become a little bit more sort of there's been less time pressure to make um decisions i guess um i am someone that yes i have always been quite comfortable with going with the flow which Mm. has its advantages and disadvantages a lot of my friends just can't fathom the way i operate because i will literally book a flight overseas on the date that i want to leave based on the weather forecast and where it's going to be sunniest where i want to go um and i like that i have a level of comfort with that yeah uh but there are a lot of times where i'm like i wish i could just come up with a plan and yep. stick to it life would be a lot less chaotic for me yeah yeah uh 
when 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 we talk about like environments, so you know, mm-hmm. I have a question about you know being born into a certain environment. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the environment that you were born into, if you could change anything, would you change anything, or what would your perfect environment look like? Ah. Oh. So when I first saw this question, my initial thought was, I wish that I had born into a family, my family, wouldn't want to change them, um, but living on like a tropical island in remote Fiji where we were part of a quite a small village and life was very, very simple and yep. all anyone needed to worry about was catching enough fish and yeah. growing enough <laughs> food in the garden. Um, that I think I have that idealised vision of what life would be like there. So that doesn't really answer your question. What would I change about the environment that I grew up in? I think it is fantastic that now there are kids growing up on the Central Coast who will in no way be hesitant about coming out about their sexual orientation, their gender, whatever. Um, And I think that, you know, the progress that's being made all around the country Mm. is sensational. I can really see it there most clearly because it's what I experience. So, um, yeah, I think... I think it's terrific that kids in that environment are growing up with a lot less shame than Mm. I grew up with. Um, And what else? Did you find it hard coming out? Uh, Yes and no. Um, I came out relatively late, especially to my family. For some reason, when I came out to my friends, that wasn't too difficult. And of course, no one was shocked. Um, And then... It was like once I come out to my family, then there's no putting the toothpaste back in the tube. Like that's when it is really done. You can't come back from that. Um, So I sort of, as a bit of a cop out, I told myself I won't come out to them until I've actually got a partner because it's not relevant until there's someone for them to meet. Um, And I fully accept that was a cop out. And yeah, then I did get a partner and introduced him to them. And of course, no one was shocked because they had known since I was two days old. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Was that hard to hear that, you know, like, was that a, was that a strange thing to hear for you? Because you're, you're just you. Yeah. And then, you know, other people have kind of put this other, other thing on you. In the early stages, yes, I think so. Because I mm. thought I'd done such a good job being a straight boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, I guess... <laughs> As we've shown, I'm not that great an actor, <laughs> otherwise I would have stuck with it. Um, yeah, so it was, honestly, by the time I did have a partner, then I was completely comfortable with who I was. And um, yeah, it didn't bother me then at all that people were like, no shit. Yeah. Uh, who influenced you the most? My mum and my nan, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, Cher. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They're pretty good. Do you ever follow Cher's tweets? Uh, yes. Yeah. Fun. I don't have Twitter, but no. every now and then I check in on Cher and Dion Warwick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what they've <laughs> been putting out into the world. Often very, very entertaining. Um, there are definitely a lot of people over the last um, 15 or so years in the workforce that I think have had a massive impact mm. on me as well, um, to whom I am very grateful. Um, even the ones who were massive pains in the ass, yeah. Because um, I just learned so much yeah. from them, and that's what really sort of sped up my evolution. Not always the good people that you learn a lot from. That's or right. like you were saying before, like the mistakes you learn from rather than the good experience. That's like right. You probably learned a lot more with the podcast and everything by making a mistake or thinking that wasn't as good as it could have been. Totally. Yeah. Uh, 
who do you choose to surround yourself with now and has that changed over time? You said before you're a very loyal person. So yeah, I yeah, yeah. You've got the same people. Yeah. Um, from primary school, from high school, from drama school, mm. they are the people I spend the majority of my time with. Yeah. And most of them are females. I, yeah. Some of my really close friends are males. Mm. Um, but yeah, most of them, like I said, females I was drawn to in the early stages. A lot of them with quite strong personalities. Right. I love a diva. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, right. Mm. Okay. Hello, Rosie. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> if you're listening, Rosie mm. Wardland. <laughs> she will, because you want to hear her name come up. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when are you at your happiest? Uh, in the ocean. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Swimming in the ocean on a beautiful sunny day um, and on a dance floor with yep. great friends, family. Just with no self-consciousness whatsoever. Yeah. Beyonce's blaring and you're just going for it like a sweaty mess, looking like an absolute sweaty tool. Mess. Yeah. Great name of an autobiography, sweaty <laughs> mess. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I'm going to keep that. <laughs> I always think, you know, I always say, you know, when someone asks you, when do you think you're, you're happiest? Yeah. You know, it doesn't get asked a lot, but sometimes I remember I was at a party once and someone asked me that. Yeah. And I'm a very socially anxious person. And so Are I, you? Yeah, yeah. Really? really yeah really bad anxiety socially. Oh, wow. And so I always find it really hard going to things yeah. is why I, kind of why I always plan my diary really uh-huh. strictly. So yep. I was like, I know that I have to be there at this time and, you know, I'm fine if I get in the door and know someone. Yeah. But someone's asked me that and I was like, I had a similar answer to you. It was just um, in the water when it's raining. Oh, Isn't that yeah, beautiful? Gorgeous. When you're just in the water, it's in the swimming pool. Yeah, oh, I grew up near the near the beach, so it's yeah. just like you know when you're there and it's raining and you kind of feel like no one can touch you. Yeah, no one can contact you or anything. It's just perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when are you at your lowest? So we just spoke about when are you your happiest. When are you at your lowest? <sighs> when something doesn't go well. Um, that I'd put a lot of time, effort and energy into yeah. and feeling that intense frustration with myself when you've got no one to blame but yourself. And you have to then sort of sit with that and unpack the feelings and do the post-mortem on it and try not to beat yourself up too much yeah. um, and try not to beat yourself up for beating yourself up and, yeah, that's when I find I experience the spirals yeah. the most. And like we were saying before, that's, you know, that's how you grow. You've got to learn from those experiences. You've got to have those experiences. Yeah. But, yeah, they they aren't great. Um, and also when, I'm, when you've got a friend or a family member who you want desperately to be able to help and you can't, you give anything, everything to be able to help make them feel better, remove them from a situation that they're stuck in and it's not possible. Um, That is something that really impacts me. Um, Yeah, so I think those are the two answers to that question. What about you? Um, I, yeah, I I think probably I'm pretty similar in that way that I think for for me when I can't fix something is, is really... 
you know, is really hard. Mm. And not not fixed in the way, like, there's that, there was a great tweet the other day that was just a man standing on a building naked and it just said, the tweet was just, I can fix him. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not that kind of fixing. It's just that, not fixing of a person completely, mm. but when you can't, you know something's so out of your control. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't, I don't say, I, I stopped reading the news about two years ago. Smart. And only stay on the headlines now of things mm. I need to know. Mm-hmm. But I found it way too depressing. Things out of my control are always yeah. harder to harder to grapple with. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, if you could pinpoint a moment in your life that had the greatest impact on you, what would that be? Ha! Huh. That's a really good question. You're going to have to cut out a little <laughs> bit of empty airspace while I think of that. Is there a moment that springs to mind that that had a really big influence on you, or is it? You know, you also don't have to have an answer. Not all of these mm. questions you need an answer for. Not to get too depressing, mm. but my sister died when I was 10 and she was eight. She had a brain tumour. It all happened very quickly in the space of a few months. Um, and... She was my best friend growing up. Um, everyone used to comment on how lovely it was that the two of us never fought. We always just got along so well. We had the same interests. Um, and so then losing her so suddenly was obviously horrific for the entire family um, and something that, you know, we'll never completely recover from. Um, I think that that has then led to me, you know, forming these really, really close friendships with people who have then become my family. They've become my sisters um, and they've become such an important part of my life. Um, I've been single for a very long time because I haven't felt the compulsion to get a partner because I was prioritising work, but also, you know, outside of that, my number one priority is my friends. Yeah. Um, and I think that that probably does stem from the fact that, you know, I, I need that. Yep. Um, and I love everything about my relationship that I have with those friends. Um, and, yeah, that probably does stem from losing Zoe. Yeah. At, at school, what, what, I guess what did you throw yourself into you know, with, with, with Zoe passing away? What was your, what was your vice at, at, at that age to go, I need... Did you talk about it? Did did your parents want to talk about it? Yeah. Yeah, we spoke about it plenty. Um, then, oh gosh, now we're unraveling. The tricky thing was then shortly after Zoe died, we found out that my dad had a brain tumour as well. And um, we weren't sure how that was going to end. Yeah. But then that sort of became a big focus for the next 10 years because he had the opposite. It took a long time and lots of different types of treatment before he died. Um. Yeah, so obviously we, yes, we did speak a lot about everything that was going on, the trauma we were all experiencing through that. Um, uh, What was the vice I sort of threw myself into? Probably that's where the performing bug sort of Mm. kicked into high gear. That's when, because the first primary school I went to up until year four, didn't really do a lot of performance stuff. And then from year five, um, the new school that I went to, that's when I really started throwing myself into self into putting on shows. Yeah. I discovered absolutely fabulous, oh. and I memorized the 
script for every episode. Edwina, Patsy, Saffron, darling, got all down. sweet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would perform entire episodes in lunch breaks at school. Wow. Which no one was asking for. Yeah. It's so funny. I think um, th- that's one of the greatest shows, I think, of all time. And Agreed. And the, the Nan character is always one of my oh, absolute favourites as well. Mother. Yes. <laughs> it's just incredible. Yes. I'll send you some photos of me and my mum, the widow Stanley, dressed up as Patsy and Eddie a couple of weeks ago for my cousin's 30th. That's so great. I love it that you call your mum as well on, on just the gist, the widow Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you the story? Yeah. She came up with that name herself. Oh, did she? And yeah, now yeah. she's so angry at me that I've made it public. <laughs> um, yeah, the night my dad died, obviously we knew it was coming for quite a long time. Um, And she came downstairs after I'd gone to bed to just check in on how I was. And, of course, we were all feeling a mix of relief but sadness and Know, was you really such sick a cocktail for, for that long time? Was he really kept getting worse and worse yeah. and worse? And yeah, in the final stages, it was really hard to watch. So there was a lot of relief. Anyway, she came down. She was like, "Well, it's just you and me now." And I was like, "Yep." And the five televisions we have in this big house, and we were laughing hysterically at how ridiculous it was that between the two of us we had five tellies. Yeah. Um, and laughing, laughing, laughing. And then she was the one at some point, she burst out, just you and the widow Stanley from here on out, buddy. And that's stuck. I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's a humour, though, in the dark times, isn't it? That yeah. is the most is the most amazing. Yeah. Uh, the final question. So I've got two more questions basically, but this is this is the final actual question. Mm. Uh, what gets you going now every day? What's your main ambition and motivation? <laughs> what gets me going? I was going to say like two and a half litres of cold brew coffee and a Red Bull. Uh, what's my goal? What's my ambition? I don't know exactly. I'm at a bit of a crossroads at the moment of thinking, all right, what do I want to do? do with the second half of my life i'm getting to midlife crisis yeah yeah it's happening. <laughs> territory soon um yeah i mean the things that i love the most in the world are my freedom and my ability to travel so yeah. i want to maintain that um that's part of what really gets me excited um and Continuing to explore unexpected opportunities and possibilities. Um, that's been the really great thing over the last year in particular. There have been so many different things like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, opportunities have arisen to come and talk to people like you. And so it's really exciting each day to wake up and think, oh, I'm going to do something today that I've never done before. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know how it's going to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're the best days to wake up, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd like to end the question on the same question I asked at the start. Yeah. Uh, what do you think has had the greatest impact on you, nature or nurture? Uh-huh. <sighs> yeah, I think nurture. Yeah. I re- what do you think? Can I think, I- well, it's, it's different for every person, isn't it? I, I kind of always think that that nurture is the thing that, yeah. you know, because everyone's very, very different. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you can be born into the same environment as well and, and you can yep. completely be different from yeah. the other person that was raised with you. 
we all know it's a mix, it's a balance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, they haven't worked out the exact ratio. I'm sure they never will. Yeah. The thing I find really fascinating is when twins are separated at birth and then mm. they can run studies on them and see how they turned out and analyze where they're the same and where they're completely different. And yeah. that starts to give us some glimpses, insights. I don't know if you heard an episode of Just the Gist we did, but there were two sets of twins that were swapped. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then one set which wasn't a proper set, if that makes sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. raised in the country and one was raised in the city, one very poor, one very affluent. And then when they finally discovered each other 25 years later, um, yeah, the interests they had in common, mm. the personality traits they had in common, really fascinating. But then, yeah, there were so many other differences as well that were yeah. clearly down to their upbringing. It's so strange. No one could ever really work it out. No, no, I don't think we ever will. And that's no. one of the wonderful, beautiful mysteries of life. It's <laughs> a beautiful way to end the podcast as well. Mm. You closed your eyes for the last part and I felt that as well. <laughs> oh. Jacob Stanley, how do people find you and your wonderful podcast? I'm on the Instagram. Um, I am far too young for Facebook and far too old for TikTok. Yep, so yeah, I'm yeah. still in that sweet spot of Instagram <laughs> for the time being at Jacob William Stanley. And Just the Gist is on all of the of the podcast apps, the platforms. It certainly is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Check it out. Enjoy, please. Thank you, Jacob Stanley, for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. This has been fun. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Nature or Nurture for this week. My name is Sammy Peterson and you can follow me, SamPeterson91, on Instagram. I also have a comedy podcast called Confessions. You can find that. The handles are Confessions, the podcast on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook. You can also just search it on your regular podcast apps. Please do rate this podcast Uh, I would love that. It helps get the podcast out there to so many people. Thank you to the wonderful Michelle Laurie and Matthew Tankard. They're, They're great producers and I couldn't do this without them. Please do share this podcast around. I'd love to get it out there to as many people as possible. So please do share it with a friend and tell the person that you just heard on this podcast that you've really enjoyed hearing their chat. Thank you so much. Hope you have a good week and I will talk to you very, very soon. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.